1: TheChairShot.com Always. Use. Your. Head.
0: Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Ain't nobody really than
1: Gorilla, ain't nobody really than Gorilla, I said, ain't nobody really than Gorilla, ain't nobody really than Gorilla, Gorilla tactics, whoa, know we about action, whoa, no, know we not lacking, whoa, just match not matching, whoa, jump up on the road, put my feet up in your face, no, we ain't tapping out, what, y'all ain't but this- as we are brought in by the fire tones of the tongues, of whom we give all deference to, good to be back. We welcome you to another episode of the Outsider's Edge. First and foremost, sorry about last week. Life happens. All you guys throw up a, throw up a prayer, throw up a, a split, whatever you throw up, throw one up for Carl and the family. Uh, but nonetheless, we had to come and give you what that give you that good shit. So you guys know me, you know my name. I'm Rance, aka Ray Cash. I'm with my golden lovers brethren, my uh my my hermano, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's up, sir? Oh, you know, just living that good life. I was just thinking, it's been
2: a long time since we had to do a just you and me show. Because Carl been Carl been consistent, but like, you know, all the good vibes to brother Carl, you know, love you, thinking of you always and forever.
1: Um but um.
2: We'll it is good to be back, and like man, we picked a hell of a week to come back because woo, some shit went down.
1: Man, look, it, that's how it always happens when we miss a week; it gets it crazy. is.
2: But like, this is one of those great weeks where like things just lined up really perfect for us to be recording on the day that we record because, man, y'all, Danny Cage had time.
1: <laughs> that is the understatement of the of the week, of the like, month, and of the year. Ooh, ooh!
2: And my favorite part is Every time that he tweets I got time It's that picture of him Sitting in front of the fire With his feet up Just like I got time today
1: Well let me say this also too As we're recording this Thursday night um, The NFL draft is happening live So I will be saying draft updates As we're speaking Because like With all due respect to this wrestling shit It's draft night Kyle Pitts got drafted number four To Atlanta Danny Cage. Absolutely. So those of you who don't know what Danny Cage is, Danny Cage is a very famous former pro wrestler turned trainer, um, trainer coach extraordinaire. Yeah,
2: he and, does uh, You name it, he does it. And he does it well.
1: He's one of the best out there that's not affiliated with WWE or a major school, major company, I mean.
2: I was going to um, say... Those of you, the thing that you've probably heard of that he runs, doesn't he run Monster Factory? Isn't that his you know, with shit?
1: Monster Factory, yes.
2: Yeah, he runs the Monster Factory. Um, and the Monster Factory churns out just nothing but quality people.
1: Yeah. Um, what well, he didn't do was any quality people. You know, we used to have a recurring uh, segment on the show called uh, Rance and Kyle Laugh at, at a Ring of Honor and their trash. Whatever it was called. But we and, used to just, make and fun we of used to of
2: just shit on Ring of Honor. And little did we know, we were shitting on Ring of Honor because, like, this is a company backed by billionaires that, like, refuses to be good. But, you know, as it turns out, when your company is owned by pieces of shit, you just might so happen to also be run by pieces of shit.
1: The Ring of Honor saga... They're going to write a book about this shit one day. Literally going to write a book about this shit um, one day. So look, it's a lot to break down, and we don't have the time nor the energy to break every single thing down that happened. But we want to talk about kind of the big things. Um, Danny Cage was hired for a short amount of time, however short it was, to be the head trainer for the Ring of Honor Dojo. a Very popular and prominent School because they they have a direct pipeline to Ring of Honor. And Eli to help Isom, them book
2: some of their um developmental, Yes, brand. future of
1: honor,
2: yes, future of honor, yes,
1: yeah. People like Eli Isom came out of there. Like a lot of guys came from that um training school that dojo. Um, well, there are two names. One I know you know if you're a even a casual fan or watched of the past twenty years. And one you might know, you probably know if you're a diehard fan, but I'm going to give you the names Joey Mercury and Will Ferreira. Now, Joey Mercury was in the news. We spoke about this young man about five, six months ago when he had the beef with Ring of Honor about Kelly Klein. Turns out, Joey really the problem. And And so is Kelly. And well, Kelly's part of it because Kelly and Joey are together from what I've heard. Um, go and this is now. This has been this has been corroborated by multiple people. This is not just Danny Cage speaking. Yeah, Ian
2: Riccaboni backed him up, and like I, I, I will take Ian Riccaboni at his fucking word.
1: Yeah, Ian's Ian's he pretty solid. Ian's normally he's he's a pretty solid dude. He's if he's gonna say what he means, and he's pretty honest about what he says. Um, but Danny Cage went on, and I'm not exaggerating. A almost probably hit a hundred tweets going on this rant of explaining things that ring of honor has done that uh that that that, um joy mercury's done that kelly klein has done that will Ferreira has done here's one davy boy uh uh whatever what's the boy name rudy boy gonzalez here in texas things that he's done and it's it is it is it's sending
2: sending messages screenshots like he got receipts
1: y'all receipts it But it it goes to show you, you'll see there's an undercurrent of the show, and it's basically trash people. And it really gets to show you, you wonder why wrestling has so many problems. Well, and and why
2: so many fans get burnt out on wrestling in terms of, like, mm -hmm. you get to a point where you love the art form. You know, there's something about the art form. There's nothing like it, and nothing can replace it when it's done right and when it's Mm -hmm. done well. But, like, you also get to the point where, like, in a lot of ways the worst part of the death of kayfabe is don't meet your heroes. First of all, don't make these people your heroes. Like, that's, like, that's first of all. Like, if you hadn't learned that lesson after childhood, like, you should definitely have learned it by now.
1: Charles Barkley got one of the best lines ever. I'm not your role model. I'm not
2: your role model. So, and I agree with that. Um, But, like, so, like, In a lot of ways, though, it's just the more that you learn about some of the things that some of the people in the business do and some of the, like, gross toxicity that runs rampant from the misogyny to the homophobia to the drug use to the party culture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the, like, the toxic attitude of, like, well, I had to endure shit working conditions and pay my dues, so so should Mm -hmm. everybody else. Mm Um. All of those things, they just kind of wear on you after a while, and people get burnt out on that shit.
1: You know, one conversation we have all the time, personally and professionally, uh, you and I, Kyle, is how do you reconcile being a fan of a person and a fan of the art? Because it's really hard to be a fan of a person who is a terrible person in real life, but their art is very entertaining and enjoyable. And it's a very hard thing. And that's becoming more rampant for a lot of uh wrestling fans and they're seeing it, it's coming very clear in their eyes. I feel like Me Too opened up a lot of the eyes of in this world particularly, in the wrestling world particularly. And the um what was the other what was the wrestling version of it called? What was it, stand up mm-hmm, yeah. or speaking out? Thank you. That was huge because so many huge people on there. Like mainstays of companies and entire like divisions and regions. And people didn't, fans didn't know. Not some did, but a lot didn't. And it changes your perception not only of people but of the of but of the professional of the companies. You know, we all the they talk about all the time, you know, we're gonna speak about a bit of some of the releases that WWE did a few weeks ago, a little later. But you, the first thought a lot of people said when they saw those releases were, "Oh, well, this is happening." But you still got Riddle, Matt, uh, Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, and Velveteen Dream hired, because people have had enough, bro. It's like what there is it, it's no line because clearly. People like, under... Well, and it's it's because
2: when people say that, I. At least in my opinion, when people say that, that's an acknowledgement that people understand the business aspect of wrestling. Like, this is a business, you have to make business decisions. As a business, you've decided you're in a position where you need to cut talent, blah, 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 blah. But, at the same time, people are looking at it and they're like, "All right, well, if you have to cut the talent, why don't we cut this toxic talent? That you're giving airtime to, when we could be giving airtime to these other people, because maybe I would like these other people if I saw them.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, and it's a great, it's a great point, and just goes to the goes to the bigger point that we are smarter now. As a fan base, we are smarter. We're willing to. We're not willing. To, we're not willing to deal with as much as we used to be. Well, and we as we're asking for more.
2: And as consumers millennials and Gen Zers are collectively smarter in terms of, like, we understand that our dollars have power because capitalism might be evil and fucked and needs to die. But, like, in the meantime, we know how it works. So, like...
1: We've lived with our whole lives.
2: Yeah, so, like, I'm just going to not use my dollars to support the toxic thing, and I'm going to intentionally use my dollars to support the positive things like i buy more sammy Zayn merch and more danhausen merch and cesaro merch because they're not pieces of shit i sponsor biggie's gofundme because he's not a piece of shit
1: so so let's bring it back to ring of honor what do you think uh, what do you think happens with Ring of Honor? Because I know we're, we're like really kind of not breaking down what he said, but I literally implore you to go read it yourself. It's on Reddit on Twitter. It's so much to break down that we don't have the time, literally. Mm-hmm. But why do you think this will affect Ring of Honor going forward? Knowing that, real quick, knowing that they've tried to reform their company, they've tried to reform it after the speaking out movement and a lot of issues and the pandemic, they've tried to do a little better. So how do you think you see it happening?
2: I have a really cynical answer. Thing my,
1: shit.
2: Like, my really cynical answer is they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair, don't give a fuck. Yeah, well,
1: clearly. yeah we know that. They don't give a
2: fuck. They still ain't exactly got slot, so we know that. Well, I mean, yeah. Sinclair as a company is still pushing the mega Kool-Aid. So, like, they don't give a goddamn about people being toxic pieces of shit. So, like, the cynic in me says they're not gonna... Do anything, but my real answer is I'm not sure because I also look at the people that they've got on the roster, and I'm just like, Tony Deppen is not the type of person to work for a company that like consistently does bad things. John Danhausen, yeah, Danhausen, John Gresham—they're not the kinds of people that will continue to stay mm-hmm. with a company that just looks the other way to this kind of bullshit. Ian Riccaboni is not going to continue to be the mm-hmm. voice of your company. And here's the thing: there, you better hope he stays to be the voice of your fucking company. Because do you know a show that could really use Ian Riccaboni? Would you want to say Raw? Well, I mean, yeah, but like I was gonna say Dynamite. Like no, like, and that's not even a disrespect to Delirious or to like when they've got Taz doing it or whatever. But like. JR's
1: old as fuck. Yeah, JR needs to go. Tony Schiavone is cool, but JR needs to go.
2: Like, JR's old as fuck, and like, I think JR would be f- happy with an advisory role in commentary if for no other reason than JR would no longer have to feel obligated to put over things that you can tell he does not want to put over.
1: I just, dis- I, I agree with your premise, but I disagree with the pra- with with the with, with the practice because I think he's pushing to be out there because to him this this is personal because he wants to show to, to stick it to WWE and the fans who think he's he's over the hill and he's really not doing it he's not doing himself a service because he's showing every day he has his moments but he always will because he's the greatest play-by-play guy of all time but th- that's not that is not the favorite
2: tell you can tell Tony and Excalibur are carrying it and Jr is there
1: exactly he's there for a check And he's trying. I give him all credit for the show. Oh, yeah, he's
2: giving effort. I I will never say that, like, he is not phoning it in at all. Yeah. But, like, there are definitely moments within the show where you can tell that, like, he is just like, fuck, I have to put this over, don't I?
1: Yep. Oh, God, I have to make this sound good. Yep. Yep. I mean, (laughs) of all, he's called one too many young bugs matches for his lifetime, I'm telling you. Um... So if the, so if I can play devil's advocate about the um r- what your ring of honor your ring of honor stance, they got Marty's girl the fuck out of there. After they that's gave that's him fact. the big money and the big shot. No, and that the big, is facts. That is facts. So you know, and remember he had just got the big promotion and the big and the big check. And yep. they still got him the fuck out of there. Yep, so hilarious. maybe... back in church. Well yeah. Better than bully. Well, I mean, you know, because uh, it I, was gonna be bully. I will say nothing.
2: I'm not gonna shit on Cazilla during draft night.
1: Did you? Yeah. Well, you know, I like bully, but I just know he's problematic in his own right. Oh, did yeah. you hear the? Did you hear the sneaky news about Ring of Honor that CMLL cut off their relationship with them? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So that's that's sneaky big because part of the only reason Ring of Honor is viable is because they are the American branch that bridges New Japan and CMLL. There's no CMLL. And I'm sorry. Why wouldn't New Japan want
2: it? reason. And and I'm sorry, you can't convince me that part of the reason that Roosh stayed as long as he has is not and because they still had the CMLL agreement. Roosh and his
1: brother Dragon League. they out of there, dog. They gonna be out of there. And you know how many? You know how many American companies want Roosh? Every single one of them.
2: Literally all of them. All can of them. can I? The only company that's not going to get him, though, legit, (laughs) is WWE because Andrade just fucking left. And Andrade and Roosh are like peas and carrots. So when Andrade left, I guarantee you, he didn't tell Roosh not to go. He was just like, yo, dog, I went and you saw how that turned out. So, like, you want to shoot a shot? The
1: first time he told him, don't go. The first time he said, don't go. The second time, they couldn't meet, they couldn't meet his price, because I'm sure Andrade told him if you're gonna come, at least make it worthwhile. <laughs> I, that's that's a quick tangent I wanted to move on to real quick, and we can still talk more about Ring of Honor. But Andrade, no ninety day comp, no non compete clause, could the world is his oyster for lack of a better term, and who does he choose to face on his first match in the Indies? Alberto, Alberto del Culo.
2: El Patron.
1: He's not my partner. Alberto del Culo.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alberto
1: del Cabrón. Oh, yeah. Cabrón could be a good thing in a way, too, if you're talking with your homies. But yes, I know what you're trying to say. Alberto del Puto. How about that? Uh, For fucking sure. (sighs) Um.
2: So, yeah, no, just the moral of the story, though, y'all, is that Ring of Honor is uh, apparently full of shitty people like so much of all other parts of wrestling. Um, And there was a lot of information about some shit people this week. Um, Dave Meltzer's back to body shaming. Mark Carano exists. Uh, Drake more exists.
1: Um, Real quick. Where do you want to start? I know you need to move on, but real quick, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Have I told you my way to fix Ring of Honor? No.
2: Besides,
1: besides I'm, I'm getting, I'm glad they brought the
2: championship the back. Eh,
1: that's good for old school fans. I don't do shit for me, but I feel you. But you're so that's right because you're an old school fan. Of course, the number one fix is get ownership to give a fuck at a time slot. But I'd bring in Samoa Joe and give him the Marty Scroll though. Oh,
0: Let
1: sure. him. Let him let him run. Let him run the business and the wrestling end of the business.
2: Yeah, Joe's a businessman. He'll make the smart choice.
1: He'll he I, th- I think he'll be great in booking. I think he'll be great in leadership. He can wrestle the occasional match if he wants. If he's cleared and he wants to do that, and he can and he can still be an on-screen character. And it, it's, it's right within his wheelhouse because he he's one of the pillars that built that company. Yeah, facts. That is facts. One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so we moved from a trash ass company to these trash ass people. Ooh, I think so the, many I,
2: trash people.
1: I think the hot place to start is uh with the Descendant to madness of the QN in nonsense.
2: And well then I, I think that's the meat of the conversation. Let's just very quickly get this out of the way. Dave okay. Meltzer's back on his body shame and bullshit, and like at this point. I don't know why y'all are still paying fucking Uncle Dave for that expensive-ass shit rag when you can get Sean Ross Sapp's Fightful Patron for only $5, and he's got way more of the good scoops these days, and he's not nearly as much piece of shit.
1: And, proof, and here's proof in that what he's saying not only is true, but, he, but he's, he's coming with the facts, right? All the wrestlers retweet him. All the wrestlers talk about him. All the wrestlers talk to him. On Twitter, Mm -hmm. not in private In public So Mm -hmm. if they're talking to that man then when he says news about them I'm likely to believe them
2: Yeah Um, And again, his shit is Less than half The price Of the Observer And the accuracy is better The level of toxicity Is way lower Yep Like Contribute to good people, not shitty people. Fuck you, Meltzer. Fuck you.
1: Good people in the good mediums. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm a very proud member and employee here of the cherry shop, but I have no problem saying Fightful and Jimmy Van over there are doing great work. Yeah. They're yeah, doing good no work. I got no problem saying that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's Melzer. Fuck him. And by the way, Charlotte showed his ass showing up abroad the next week. So yes. yeah, what happened? To, what happened to that dental appointment? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who's the other person you want to talk to before we get to work? Drake.
2: Oh, no, just Carano is he, but we can, we can talk Carano after Drake. Cause, uh, Carano can,
1: we'll get to Yeah, him. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, y'all know Drake works. He used to be the main referee in down in NXT. And if you it are old school wrestling fan, good story, it did. Because if you're an old school wrestling fan, you know, you'd know this man by the name Drake younger, who was a legend. In the deathmatch scene. A legend. And the fact that he, he, re, he revamped his life. He had some really bad troubles. Revamped his life scene to got it, get his life together. And came to WWE and became a referee. And worked his ass off to become the best referee in the company. No exaggeration. And now he is a parody of himself.
2: Like this man. Y'all this man is so neck deep. In the QAnon Kool-Aid That he went to his job Mm -hmm. In his work clothes Mm -hmm. On company time Mm -hmm. On a company computer Mm -hmm. And he zoomed his ass in Mm -hmm. To the Seminole County Mm -hmm. uh, City Council Or the Seminole County Council meeting so that he could proceed to give them a speech about how making children wear face coverings is enabling child trafficking. (laughs) This man got on Al Gore's internet with tears in his eyes talking about how face coverings to prevent COVID are enabling child trafficking.
1: I'm not going to dictate that with a response. See, that's what people online, that's what you do with nonsense. You ignore it.
2: No, the, the the part that I'm going to dignify with a response, though, like legitimately, because this is where the conversation is. You on company time on a company computer in your work clothes.
1: so Spouting conspiracy theories. So, and so. people found it. People found it. But they got it the same night. Bix got it the same night. So let me say this. I, if you give me a sec, I want to say this because I've been, I've been find, force. trying to force. been trying to find the right place to say this. Yeah, the floors are um, a lot of negative stuff has happened in the eyes or in the world of WWE recently. You know, the releases, this stuff, so many things, right? And everybody wants to point it back to Vince. And ultimately, Vince is always culpable because it's his company. He's the CEO. He's the chairman. He's a head stockholder. He's ultimately culpable. But I think what this has shown us of recent days and recent times is that this company is so goddamn big that Vince does not know what's going on in his own company. And I would venture to believe, too, that Hunter and Stephanie don't either, because these people are going around autonomously doing things on their own. Kevin Dunn does it all the time. All these people are doing things autonomously. Toronto, We're gonna to talk about that with Mickey in just a minute with the trash bags and the way he treats people and everybody cheering, all the rest is cheering that he got fired. Drake Wartz doing the stuff. They just found out Drake was doing this stuff. Even though Bixton did a whole 60 minutes on his ass on Twitter. And he got she just got came back from suspension. Like, but these things are happening so often. And then it makes you think Vince on the investor call said that the new management team they have now, because Nick Khan is the president and he's the chief revenue officer, they hired some new people to be, I think, internal management and some other things. Vince right now says they got the best management team he ever got. It makes you wonder if Wilson and Barrios was cricket too. Because so much is happening in this company and one man can't be... You you guys hate Raw. You guys hate so many of the, of the booking decisions and so many of the... um of the um creative people straight up the rest straight up tell you that they get fired or they leave i can't talk to vince because vince don't even know i'm at the i'm at the building so like vince got to do better with being around his talent or he got to find a better pipeline and they need better well, people
2: well so that no see the the issue falls on the, the it's It wouldn't be a problem that you couldn't get a hold of Vince if it wasn't for the fact that Vince is making the ultimate decisions.
1: That's a big part of the problem, yes.
2: And and I don't even mean that to shit on Vince. This is not a shit on Vince time. This is just the issue of what you're talking about. This company is so fucking big that the showrunners aren't actually the showrunners. Mm -hmm. You know, because realistically, in a billion dollar company with this many layers and people who are actually showrunners and actually writers and like actually creative bookers and agents and shit like that, I, as the talent, shouldn't need to see Vince. No. He's the owner of the fucking company. Realistically, if it wasn't for the fact that Hunter is over-creative, I shouldn't need to see him or Stephanie either, unless we're doing an active thing together. These are high-level board members of a publicly traded company that has billions of dollars in assets.
1: Speak on it. Speak on it.
2: The the everyday worker who's putting on the product— should not be talking to them because I guarantee you this you know who was not talking to Robert Downey Jr. on the set of Iron Man? The members of the board.
1: Oh, fair. Yeah. 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 The what's what's of the Iger's Disney name? Bob Iger. Yeah. Were yeah. not
2: up on the set of fucking Avengers 2 unless yeah, they Iger, yeah. wanted to be. And, if, and if they were, it wasn't because Robert Downey needed to get their input on how to <laughs> act this scene. It was because they wanted a fan girl.
1: <laughs> hey Bob, uh, I just want to talk to you. I don't, I don't like the shade of red on my Iron Man costume. What can we do about this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's such so, good stuff.
2: So, like, realistically though, like I shouldn't have to talk to Vince. So part of the problem is. I still have to talk to Vince because he's the one who's just going to walk into Monday Night Raw on the day of and just be like, hey, so I rewrote the script. Here's what, I, here's what we're going to do. And that's part of why the show is so repetitive, because Vince at this point in his career and at this level of insulation from the rest of the product, he only knows a handful of who he's got.
1: So that, that brings up another issue, too, that you just brought up, because I just thought about it just now. Because you're spot on. Spot on. But the system kind of fucked too, don't you think? Because like you just said, Robert Downey Jr. can't call Bob Iger right now and say, hey, you know, I don't like the way my character is going in this movie. He can't do that. The wrestling business is so carny and so small, with the exception of three companies, genuinely, Mm -hmm. that... In these small companies, like for example, Booker T Rally of Wrestling, it's a small indie, so decent size, it's had TV deals and whatnot, but still it's a small indie. You' go talk to book because it's a small indie, but on these bigger companies, all due respect to Tony, Tony makes himself more available than he ever should. Shout out to him for that.: But he does it because again. Not fangirl. because
2: he has to. He wants to fangirl. And yes. I'm not even hating on him for that, because I got news for you. If I were rich enough to run my own company, I would probably want a fangirl too.
1: Oh, a wrestling company is a billion-dollar bag of toys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I think the system is screwed, because I I think of Ambrose slash Moxley and him talking about his issues with his character and Vince. He, he should have never been able to talk to Vince in the first place about his character. Right? I, and so I, the system is kind of screwed too, because in these big companies, you hit it best. You are going to you don't get past Bruce if Bruce is the the head writer for for Raw. You shouldn't or and now SmackDown apparently. Bruce is the highest you go. You don't <laughs> get to Vince unless he chooses to talk to you. And I think that's part of that's part of the problem too, because none of these guys are trustworthy. Partially because they're shit and they're horrible at their jobs, just keeping it real. Yeah. But the other reason is because everybody just knows, well I ain't gotta talk to you, bro, I go talk to Vince. I can't do my job if if I'm the manager and every time you got a problem, you say I ain't gotta talk to you, bro, I gotta talk to the owner. I can't ever do my job. Am I wrong in that thinking?
2: No, you're not wrong in that thinking because like it's just one of those situations where your opinion if I don't think your opinion matters then I don't have to listen to you. Your opinion doesn't matter. I don't have to fucking impress you. Big fucking deal. Whoop-dee-doo. You don't... uh, I don't have to impress you. I'll just go talk to the person whose opinion actually does matter. And that's a problem. I mean, we see it in other institutions, like, depending on how they're run. So, like, a good principal at a high school is going to reinforce chain of command big time. Yep. Because otherwise you disrespect the assistant principals and the heads of department. You know, certain things you have to go above. Like, I had to go to my principal this week because the air conditioning in my class didn't work. That's a, like, I need you to handle this because you're in charge of the building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But otherwise, like, if I got a problem with a kid, the first thing she's going to say is, did you call the parent? Then did you talk to the grade level administrator then you can bring it to me
1: yeah yeah no every place has a chain of command every company every families family has a chain of command so it, it so that that's just one thing that th- that came to my mind about what we were saying because i i feel like I, so much of of this show is talking about not only the trash people and trash companies but illumination our eyes are and I say that with all due love and respect and rest in peace to Big Rick Brody Lee. I see the the Brody Lee shirt with the eye on his forehead. And I'm just thinking, open your mind. Brody says in his music, open your mind. Because like you're seeing these people who are, are mid-level management in a billion dollar company and are autonomously doing autonomously doing things that are hurting the talent, that are hurting the company and in turn are turning off the fans and we want to blame it because the one guy we know we can put a name to is Vince and I mm-hmm. think, I'm not saying I will for as much as you guys think that I'm a I'm a WWE stan and what y'all call it, the Fed Defense Squad and this show is, we will never get on this show and cape for Vince un, unnecessarily, ain't never gonna happen if, if there's ever cape for Vince it's because he deserved some form of caping for him. I'm not doing that here it's just facts. It's just facts because we just named three people who have direct involvement with the WWE, most or less because he's a piece of shit and he's making up stuff, but he's still involved in some form of fashion. But Draco Words, who was the main referee for a brand, and Mark Carano, and all of these other people, Kevin Dunn, and all these other people who do all this bullshit, and then we wonder why the product tripping makes perfect sense and then we can move straight on to mickey i know mickey's your girl and i want to give you the time to say how you want to feel oh, about no, that
2: like i mean no that's just the the issue there isn't even what ha- for y'all know what we're talking about mickey got released and like that's some shit um and then they sent her her belongings
1: in a trash bag which is some well, shit. they sent her belongings like, in a box the trash bo- bag yeah, has yeah, stuff in yes, the box yes
2: yes 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 yes, yes. that that's does important matter to know.
1: Because I, some people that, will think they just put the trash bag in the but, mail.
2: But the optics of it is just shitty because this is a company, like, they got fucking interns running Stephanie and Vince's Twitter accounts. You don't think they could get an intern to unpack the garbage bag and put the shit in a fucking box?
1: Well, to you, I want you to finish, but quick, to you, real quick to your point. I truly believe, and Mickey said herself she believes, Hunter, Vince, and Steph didn't even know it happened. I'm sure they didn't, I'm sure they
2: didn't but that's again, the insular, the insulation mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. just such, like, you don't conduct business this way you don't conduct business this way, because yes. here's the thing about that Mickey James is well fucking respected within the industry, she's a Hall of Famer she's one of the 10 or 15 best women's wrestlers of all fucking time yep without even batting an eyelash, unquestioned. And her husband is the reigning, defending NWA world champion.
1: Fucking NWA, go But no, but like... I know, I'm, just, I'm just playing. I'll
2: she's be. got all of these, like, connections within the industry, and like, you can't treat people <laughs> like that, because all that's going to do for people is you're going to have more and more people on the indies... That are going to say things like, well, you see people like Effie have said it already. Why would I go to WWE when I would have to go to NXT to start? And that would be a major pay cut when I consider all of the endorsements and all of the merch and all of the other stuff that I get to do that I'm not going to be in
1: control of.
2: And if they fire me, they're going to mail me my shit in a box in a garbage bag.
1: So it's important. And I'm glad you you brought that up because it's important. to Note that I, people like us, us idiots who live in the real world and are broke as fuck, we see a hundred thousand, we see fifteen hundred. I mean, one hundred fifty thousand. We see five hundred thousand, whatever they're making in d- base salaries in WWE, and we're thinking, shit, we'll do anything for that. But when that becomes your norm, the money isn't what drives you anymore. It's the extra stuff. Look at a guy like Trey McGill, who could have signed with the Rascal slash MSK, but his lifestyle was more important to him. He just had a new, uh, new. Uh, his sister had a new uh, child who was born premature, and he wanted to be there for that. Um, you know, he's single, whereas uh, Wentz and Dez, a.k.a. Nash, Carter, and Wesley, are married or engaged. and it's just the lifestyle didn't matter. Plus, he enjoyed the ability to still do what he wanted. That's important. That's extremely important. Some people love that uh, Moxley enjoys the fact that he can go to any place he wants to go, for the most part, and show up and do what he wants. That's important. Some people need the creative freedom for their character to do whatever they want. Kenny Omega being one of those people. That's important. You know what I'm saying? So, and then the way some people just need to be treated right, and you know you're never gonna be never gonna be treated correctly all the time. That's inevitable, but Stuff like that. You you don't think Andrade, who is engaged and about to be married to the royalty of WWE, you don't think he, you don't th- you don't think he has the worst taste in his mouth about WWE. He's he's openly he's telling a people Lucha don't go. Libre
2: legend. so like you don't think he's telling all of the Mexican talent that are like reaching out to La Sombra for their opinion. You don't think he's telling all of them? Yeah, I wouldn't do it if I were you, man.
1: He went on an open rant, talking about how WrestleMania had no of other than Bad Bunny had no full time Hispanic wrestlers, and I mean, you know, respect if, to Robbins and Bailey, but you know, you know what he meant. Well, no, what he meant,
2: I, I know exactly what he meant. No full, no full time marketed Hispanic wrestlers other mm-hmm. than Damian Priest, and like. That's inexcusable when you consider the number of Hispanic wrestlers they have under contract.
1: Yep, a ton of them. A ton of
2: them. Because at that time, Kalisto even still had a job. And I know how you feel about Kalisto. I'm not trying to get into that. No, no, it's me. But, like, you got all of these fucking Latino wrestlers on your roster that are like active members of this roster, and you ain't got shit for none of them to do.
1: I mean, not even not even Ray and Dominic got on the show because they were on the pre-show, which was on on SmackDown. Ray and Dominic, you know, yeah. Ray is a Ray is a certified first ballot leading man Hall of Famer when he retires.
2: Mike and might arguably be the best luchador of all time.
1: I don't think that's a question. I don't think that's a question. I think I think Ray is the greatest luchador of all time. All due respect to Perro to Eddie. To Conan. It's a lot of people, but I I completely agree that. I think
2: Ray, I think Ray is probably the best luchador of all time. And like it's hard when I debate between him and Liger for just greatest masked wrestler of all time. I might give slight edge to Liger just because Ray had that like couple of years in WCW where they unmasked him. I
1: I, I say Ray only because Ray was Ray was one of the few people at that weight and height. To crossover and into mainstream in the main event, like New Japan uh, yeah, would yeah, never yeah, ever put Liger. Argument. No, that's a fair li- argument, right? So Liger's not argument. facing Tanahashi. Liger's not facing Fujinami. You know, Liger's he's gonna be in his division. But yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It's it's neck and neck on that. But yeah, it's it, it's 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 crazy to think about that dog. And so like that matters. How those extra things are what matters to people more than the check. FTR left. They didn't want. They gave them the titles, and only all only reason they left. You look at them in, in, right now. I mean, they're they're prominent, but they're not like the stars. They're not the top tag team. They're not even in the tag team division and that's right never now. Even what the,
2: they cared yeah. about, they just wanted they just, tag team wrestling to matter. They wanted exactly. to be somewhere where it was taken seriously because that was their art form.
1: The, uh, and I'm, I'm going back to Moxley, and I, I I don't want to keep using Kim as my as my go-to for a lot of this stuff. But he said one thing that's still funny to me. He said, damn it, Vince, why you got to make me turn on all this fucking money? (laughs) And I feel him on that. Cause sometimes the money ain't, the money ain't worth it. And right now uh, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you real quick. Right now, WWE Homer here. WWE money ain't worth it for a lot of people. No,
2: especially after, All they did in the last year to like, they took away Twitch, they took away Cameo, they took away pretty much every alternative revenue stream that the wrestlers had. They took control over, and so now it literally is. If you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going back to Effie. If you're somebody like Effie who number one cares more about creative freedom because you want to do. He wants to do crazy and outlandish shit And he wants to do queer shit And he wants to like get queer wrestlers over And, and he wants re- to push all of it
1: And all respect, a wrestler like him Needs creative control
2: Yes, yes, yes um, But like He makes so much more Revenue Not just because he gets booked in all the shows He makes so much more revenue Because like GCW lets him promote his own shit and like yeah. he has his own line of merch and he's got the mm-hmm. wrestling is gay stuff that he's promoting mm-hmm. he does a Twitch he does cameos mm-hmm. he he has so many revenue streams that for someone like him who would have to go to NXT to start mm-hmm. and would have to start on the NXT money even if it were like 250 guaranteed or somebody like him that might be a cut and pay, and a oh, cut and pay.
1: Pe- you think Effie out here making more than two fifty? I don't bucks, know. Like I okay. don't I, know. I doubt it. I, and that's no disrespect to Effie, because Effie out here getting it. I don't. Think I don't no know. Wrestler... I don't
2: know what NXT money is, so I don't know.
1: So apparently, NXT money for people who are not top tier, like indie wrestlers, starts at about a hundred.
2: All right. So at about a hundred, like you know, that might be a cut and pay for somebody.
1: That may be a cut and pay for every hundred, me, yeah. But I don't think you no indie wrestler here making that kind of money.
2: And if you get you, but if you are and you get used to it, and you have to sacrifice the creative freedom, and you have to sacrifice control over all of your alternate revenue streams, you might not be down for that.
1: That's real. That's real. And you know, you know, all they had to do to fix that altern, all that um, the alternative revenue stream shit they could have done was had a meeting and, and set, broach the issue before they just cut it off. I think so much of the reason why I was a problem, it's always going to be a problem in general, but so, so much of the reason why I was a problem was because they handled that so poorly. They just cut the shit off and said it's over. You, your shit belongs to me. It's Instead the same problem saying, This is why we want to do this. We're thinking about doing this. What do y'all think? Well,
2: to relate it to a different industry, it's the same problem that journalism faces journalism face with paywalls. The Internet made people believe that they were just entitled to all of these things for free. And so when the organizations that had to, like, you know, pay the reporters who were making the stories were like, holy shit, no, we need to be able to make revenue off of these things. They instituted these paywalls and people are like, oh, I'm not going to pay for the paywall. I guess I'll just not know, because I'm not giving my money. I'm not going to pay for information.
1: I love that voice. Can you give me some more of that voice for me, please? Give me just a little more.
2: Uh, What do you mean I'm not supposed to cheer for the heels? I paid for the ticket rants. I can cheer for who I want.
1: So for those of you who don't know, Kyle was originally from New York and you just heard the New York come out of him right there. That's hilarious. I love that voice. Please use that voice again in future episodes. Thank you. Got it. <laughs> Do you want to say anything else about Mickey before we move on? Because we kind of, just that kind I of love started her. off with Mickey. Yeah.
2: Just that I love her and, you know, she's gonna she'll be fine. She's a Hall of Famer. She'll be fine.
1: And can I tell you, one of the reasons why I love Mickey is because she's always the person who is Willing to understand even even when I'm wronged, I probably should have done something different. And she's come out and said, I don't regret sh- sending the picture, but I re- I do regret how it ha- came off that it came off maybe that I was bitter. And I understand. I hate that Mark Carano lost his job. Fuck that dude, by the way. That's rant speaking. Um, But I understand that that wasn't done maliciously to me. But I also understand that that is a perfect encapsulation of how I was treated there. And I think she said it so beautifully that she it was like, "Well, yeah, I know it got out of hand, and that's my fault. It got out of hand because of me, but also I needed people to know from a respectful place that this is what's happening, and it's not okay because I don't deserve this and I love what, what was so did.
2: infuriating well, what, what was so infuriating with the entire Mickey Saga in general was just. How are you going to have somebody who's healthy, who's telling you that they're healthy, who's saying, like, give me something to do. I, I, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm ready. And, like, she was ready and here to do what she knew at this stage in her career she was here for. She was like, give me a young girl to put over. Who, who are we trying to make a star? I got great matches left in me. I'm healthy. I can, do, I can still go. Give me somebody, like, to season. Who are we trying to go...
1: Live and Chelsea Green were two of them she was talking about.
2: Yeah, what? like, and she was even willing with Chelsea, like, fuck it, put us in a tag team. We'll do yeah. this tag team shit. Like, she was ready and willing to do literally anything, and she was so here to just be the veteran who puts over the younger up-and-coming mm-hmm. girls and works with them and helps them hone their craft and do the Natalia role on Raw – Which could really use a Natalia role um, to keep it a buck. I know how you feel about Natalia, but even so... No, she's
1: important. She's very important to the company, yes.
2: You know, and Raw could really have used, you know, a veteran hand who can do literally anything that you want uh, them to do. And yet, nope. Can't find anything for Mickey.
0: Say goodbye I
1: have two, I want to go on quick, two quick tangents that are related to this, but they're pretty, two pretty big co- conversations that I think are important for us to have. The first one, we'll shelve the second one for the, we'll, we'll do the first one first and then we'll get to the second one and then we can finish the other stuff we had listed. But one, Mickey spoke about in one of her interviews that she pitched an all women show and was told by whoever it was that, well, in the company's eyes, women don't draw. So it'll never happen. You'd be better off just trying to make whatever this shit is happening now work than trying to do that and get it off the ground. What are your immediate thoughts on that first? And we can move on to the second thing. Because I, I know I have thoughts.
2: My immediate thoughts are you, if I run a company, I don't put anything in the main event that I don't think draws. That's just my immediate thought. I, I don't put anything in the main event of my company that I don't think draws.
1: So like okay,
2: okay. they think they the point. like they think at least some of those women draw.
1: Well see, I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem right there. I I truly think they don't think women draw as a whole. I think they think they're not looking at them as men and women. They're looking at them as commodities. And the women may not draw, but Charlotte does, but Sasha does, but Bailey does, Becky does. Maybe now you can throw in Bianca to that. They're thinking like stuff like that. That's how I think they're thinking about it, and y'all gonna be mad at me. And I completely, in my heart, disagree with all of this bullshit I'm about to say. But you know me; I'm a realist. And Evolution did horrible numbers, so in terms of business, they're not wrong, and that's our fault as fans. That's our fault because we said we want change. I go back to this, and people hate me bringing it up all the time, but. Y'all wanted Daniel Bryan in 2012 or whatever year it was, but y'all didn't buy SummerSlam when they finally pushed him. So that was the lowest bought SummerSlam of years. And they gave you Bryan clean over Cena, and they gave you Punk versus Brock and Brock's best match in WWE. Y'all didn't buy it. Why would would they continue to push him? So you won Evolution 2? You should have bought Evolution 1. That's our fault. We should have watched it. So in their minds, they can continue with this bullshit thinking because they have metrics that say, well, technically, I'm right. And I hate it. I hate it. Don't know about there ain't many people sticking up for the women more than me on these streets. But right, facts is facts. You ain't got to like them. So what are we going to do to change that?
2: Well, I mean... I know what I need the company to do in general. And it's not just for the women. And uh, it's really, this is what I need Raw to do. This is what I need Raw to do. Because I think SmackDown has really fixed this issue. Yeah. Raw needs direction. Raw needs genuine, fluid direction. Because it just feels and has felt For several months now, like a show that is just constantly running in place. That's fair. Like they they might recycle the formula. They might put a name, they might switch the names around and recycle the formula itself. But it just feels like very formulaic, very treading watery, and it's Mm -hmm. just like where are is any of this going? Yeah. That's real. And that's a problem that the women's division is especially suffering from on Raw. And part of the reason why, like you, we were just talking about, you know, Natalia is so important over on SmackDown. And the reason I'm giving SmackDown a pass is SmackDown succeeds because... It is a coherent show. We have a main character in Mm -hmm. Roman who we are following right now trying to hope that he will lose the title because he's the evil bad guy. And Mm -hmm. we don't want him to do that. And he's just sitting at the head of the table. And the show revolves around people coming for that. And what happens in the past still matters. But right. we also moved on. Like, Roman is gearing up for a showdown with Cesaro. But, like, Daniel Bryan is still involved. But now it's like a, no, I beat you, dog. Like, I get it. You still want some. You're hungry. But, like, I pinned you on top of another dude. Smash like,
1: nice him, stack him, and pin him.
2: So, like, I'm done with you. Um, So the history still matters. Yep. But the show has direction and continuity and is going places. And Raw is not right now. And it's like, it makes it really hard to sit through the whole show.
1: Yeah. You're right. And for the first time, I think, in my adult life, I'm not really in the Raw right now. And... it hurts. What hurts Raw for me right now is that one of my favorite shows right now, All American, is back and comes on for, on Mondays. So well, I don't it's watch Raw until ev-
2: Well, and because everything feels so tread water and so running in place and so, mm-hmm. like, variation on... The, exactly. It doesn't feel important. If I have literally anything else that I need to do Let's or do I'm it. feeling really tired and just want to, like, take a nap or something, I'll do that because... Yeah. Ain't nothing going to happen on Raw that I haven't seen. Like, and the things that are going to happen that I haven't seen, like, I know they hit for some people. I know for a fact the tomato thing hit for some people because I know, we know someone who reached out to us and said it was hilarious. But, yeah. like, that don't hit for me. That crosses nah. the corny line for me.
1: That did nothing for me, and I struggle with New Day anyway. Because I appreciate their positivity, I appreciate that them being out of the box and different, but their comedy doesn't always hit with me. But I also realize that that their comedy isn't always for me. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, you got to reconcile it some kind of way. But I I just wanted to make that point about the women. And I, again, I'm I hate saying it, but I but facts don't facts and truth don't have to be right in terms of feelings, whatever. Second thing I want to talk to you about, and again, it involves Mickey. Yeah, and you could even say we can even throw in with uh, the newly announced uh, Yuji Nagata match coming to the states. So face John Moxley for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. I want to. They're handling that partnership so much better. And they've only had two people. It's hilarious, isn't it? I wanna. uh, I wanna talk about age and. If you I'll I'll let me set it up and I'll give it over to you. The floor will be yours. But there was a lot of rhetoric online. Some people were saying, oh, well, y'all okay for Eugene Nagata, but y'all be pissed about Goldberg. And that's a stupid statement because they're different scenarios, but there is some truth in that there are people that bitch about anybody of a, of a certain age or of a certain status in terms of part time, right? But then if it's a the guy they like, they're cool with it and I bring in Mickey because if you look in the WWE a lot of people want to leave because they're older and they want to keep them and turn them into agents but they still want to go and so they went out. So I want to know what you think about the age thing. What you think about people like Mickey and like people like Joe who they want to groom for agents but aren't ready to give it up yet. And I want to I want to want to know what you think about where is the line when it comes to uh, part-timers and old people, because I, for me, it can't just be pick and choose. We got to have some consistency here. Because if we go on a bitch about Goldberg, Goldberg and Eugene Nagata are different people, and they're in a different section of the card, but Eugene is way older than Goldberg is.
2: I think for me, it's all about... It's all about frequency of use and how you're used. Okay. And so, part of the reason why it's easier for people to want to see Yuji Nagata than it is for people to want to see Goldberg is for a lot of American viewers, they might not have seen Yuji in a long fucking time. It maybe was, since the WCW. WCW. Yeah yeah um and even if you're a new japan viewer new japan treats him very much like an old veteran he pretty much only tags with young lions or gets Mm -hmm. involved in like world tag league or never open weight stuff like he's not considered like a serious challenger for things normally um he's considered a wily veteran who you always have to look out for because he's a legend but like you know they handle his age pretty well Whereas Goldberg, the issue is Goldberg shows up once every, like, three or four years and takes the title or, like, immediately hops into the title picture and always seems to show up when there were other stories going on.
1: That's a big part of it, yes. Like,
2: he doesn't show up like, like, this would be a time when you could use a guy like a Goldberg, because... We're doing the same shit over and over again on Raw anyway. Why don't we throw in something fresh? Something different. But no, Goldberg always comes in, like, in the middle of the head of the table. And, like, we've got another challenger already lined up. And, like, it's obvious where the story is building. And it's just like, nope, it's time for Goldberg.
1: Or the Fiend just is the most dangerous, scary person on the brand. But nope. We're going to give them the Goldberg and have them lose in seven minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's about how you use these people. And so, you know, it helps. In the case for Mickey, it helps that she's, you know, hopped between companies. And then it helps that she wasn't being used at all. So, like, there's a line between... There's also a line between not, like, not being used at all and being overused. You know, Mickey wasn't being used at all. And people might have been thinking, like, "Hey, like, my thought was, again, you know, hey, can we not find five minutes for Mickey to work with one of the call-ups and, like, establish a small program, like, a respect thing? Like, can you beat the veteran thing? You know, can we not find ten minutes for her in... Seven hours of program.
1: Um, I want to. I want to. Disp- I want to dispute, not dispute that, but I want to retort that because I'm with you on everything you said about the the age thing. Goldberg, it's how you used, it's the frequency in which you used, and all. That. I'm with you 100. percent Nuance matters. I need more consistency in our nuance, but I'm with you. The Mickey thing, I disagree with for this one reason. Mickey clearly understood that she was. She's past her prime, and she would never ever be in any company, the top girl, top woman anymore. She she knows her place, and she knows her role. To use old rock euphemism, if you understand that, then why you so? Why were you so resit? Why were you so to become uh, agent? Like because, and I, that's the thing I don't understand about about these guys. I understand that they they got then they got more in the tank. And by all means, bet on yourself. I'll never tell you not to. But it's funny to me because in the same vein, if WWE uses too many veterans, oh, but all these young people not being used. But when they don't use them and they want to give them new jobs to last for the rest of their careers, but, man, you're not using these people. There's no. It's like they can't do right. I they think... try to do right by Mickey. I know Mickey wanted to be used on screen. They didn't have nothing for her, and they didn't want to do nothing for her, but they tried to groom her. For something that could have given her 15 more years in the business. Well, so. I think.
2: it. The, I think the hardest transition to make. Is this one. From performer to backstage. In any form of entertainment. I think that's the hardest transition. Mm-hmm. Because all of the dopamine rush comes from the actual performance itself. Facts, Like. You put all that work into the rehearsing, and in the case of wrestling, also into working out and all the things you do to hone your craft, and you do all of that. But like the actual dopamine rush is in performing in front of the crowd and like hearing the reaction and all of that shit. And so to then be confronted with like, okay, we want you to still be around that, like we we want you with no cooling down period with no like shut off at all we just immediately want you to stop wrestling and we want you to be in the arena with the boys and the girls and everyone Mm -hmm. um we want you to be with all the people and hear the crowd and hear all of that but not be participating anymore you're just doing this other thing Yep. And I think that that's a really tough ask. I think that the, I think that what people want, you know, I think a good example is what Jazz is doing this year. She's mm-hmm. calling this the Jazz Retirement Tour. I'm mm-hmm. um, old. I I, I can't keep doing this. I'm at that point. I made my money. I've done my thing. She did a stint with Impact. Now she's done with that. She's going to do a couple of other dates. And she's just like, this is my retirement tour. I'm hanging it up. I'm done. I think that's what a lot of these older veterans want is just kind of a like, all right, cool. You want me to transition into this other role? I can be open to that. I think I could be good at that. But like... Can I get you know, some part time schedule work? You know, can I get a legends deal first? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I get a handful of dates? Give me something. I get,
1: I get you, and you're not wrong, but the business don't work that way. Well, see, when it's you, done, the thing, it's
2: done. No, see, the thing is, see, the thing is, you're not wrong in the macro sense. You're not, not wrong, in macro, yeah. In the macro sense, but in the micro sense, you're wrong because. You're right. Mickey can't be the face of WWE or AEW or Impact or any of that shit. But I can damn sure guarantee you she can get dates. Oh, she's gonna work. She's gonna work, she, and, yes. she, and she'll work where she wants to work,
1: mm-hmm. when
2: she wants to work, for mm-hmm. who she wants to work.
1: You know, a, a perfect example of, of that is Serena D. D.
2: Yep, exactly. AEW could bring her in for, like, three dynamites. She'd do a thing with Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa and get them put over big in the end, and then she'll go over to Impact and have a match with Deanna, and then she'll go to the MLW shows and all that other shit. Shout-out to MLW getting a Vice deal.
1: Yes, shout-out to them. I'm going to continue to further set myself up with uh, to get hate tweets after this show. So I'm going to double down a little more. I think that's bullshit. I think that's that's problematic. I think it's fantastic for the one person. We have to... Uh, companies have to reconcile doing right for a person or doing right for the company. And too often, a lot of these people, a lot of these companies do right for a person because they're a veteran and you want to get good graces or be like, I love you, I respect this veteran. Like when when Mae Young penned Layla when she was like 80, 87. They didn't do nothing for the business. They didn't do nothing for the company. But that was a big up for Mae Young for being, doing everything she's done her whole career. So if you're just going to inject Mickey into these matches because she's Mickey James, you're hurting the company. If you're going to put her and hire her and insert her into your roster and build feasible, normal stories. And Mickey happens to be in those stories. All in, big dog. But just to say we got Mickey, so let's go put her against this girl because WWE didn't, and she's a great wrestler, you hurting the business.
2: I would argue, I would I my only counter argument to that would be depends on the size of the company. If this is one of those tiny ass indie companies That's fair and we're talking about like if I put Mickey James on the card, I will sell out this gymnasium but as opposed to Exactly. Yeah exactly i yeah. i agree with you again i agree with you in the macro sense of like yeah all right you know if you're aew do i bring in mickey james not if it doesn't make sense to bring in mickey james yeah. um but if i'm reality of wrestling or i'm any of these other smaller rinky dink feds that like yep. is just now able to hold shows again for the first time and is operating on razor thin margins anyway Putting Mickey on the card could mean sh- that I can afford to pay the rest of the people that I book on the card.
1: I'll sell my house. The house will sell. Yeah. That's facts. Yeah. Absolute facts. We completely agree 100% on both parts.
2: And, and just, so if that's what she wants to do in terms of she still wants to wrestle and, like, that's fine.
1: I don't I don't begrudge her either. I just, you, I'm again, I'm thinking macro. I'd much rather long term be the agent because agency can teach me how to book my own company.
2: I don't disagree, but I think a I think a part of someone in that position thinks, and you know it's not always true, but a lot of times it does end up being true. People like that are thinking to themselves, "I can always become an agent when I'm ready to hang it up, and
1: that's true, that's true
2: and. You know, it's not always the case. Sometimes you burn that bridge or somebody else better, not necessarily better, but somebody else swoops in while you were wishy-washing. Yeah, timing. the timing of it can kill it. But in a lot of cases, you know, for someone, we'll just keep it to Mickey. For someone like Mickey, there's only Mm -hmm. a handful of legends in women's wrestling that are still physically capable of doing a whole lot.
1: That's very true. And so...
2: I just feel like you know if she wants to do this for another year and a half or so, because she's got to get it out of her system. Someone like her can most likely call whomever and just be like, "Yo, tell Hunter I'm ready to be an agent."
1: That's I mean, no, you you you're you're spot on. And I will tell you this: there's I I mentioned this to you before, but there's one match right now that I'd pay money to see Mickey James in. And that you build up Mickey James versus Camille, I'm here for that because Camille done rocked with Nick Aldis for like four, five years now, and then the Queen come home, or whatever you're gonna give her her nickname because yeah, yeah, she's yeah. gonna get a, she's gonna eventually get a nickname. Yeah. Come back to be with a, the Mrs. Aldis comes back to be with Mr. Aldis. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a story, dog. I I'd, I'd pay money for that match. So, just two things that came to my mind and t- stuff I meant to talk about again. We haven't had a chance to have a show for a week and, um, you know, and and I I listen to other shows or, you know, I do head trauma with with the homie Mags every Thursday, midweek, mainstay. And you think of these things that I know would be great edge topics or things I want to talk about with you particularly, Kyle. And so I'm glad we got those out because I think those are good think pieces for people to think about. Just think about those topics and and where you stand on them and how they affect people. Speaking of things that affect people, y'all, and
2: we can make this a short topic because it there's not a whole lot that needs to be said. As largely done. So yes. Crediting your artists is so important. No matter what kind of content creators that you work with, crediting your artists for the work that they do, if you use someone's work, is so fucking important because most artists and graphic designers and musicians, especially local ones, they are just small independent people trying to make a living in an industry that is very very hard to get into and if all they're asking for is name credit like hey can you just put my handle on this thing that i made for you that takes five seconds hey this great yeah this great artwork made by so-and-so or oh i loved this thing at such and such um like that takes five seconds and that little acknowledgement might get that person another commissioned job where someone's gonna like actually pay them for their work Mm -hmm. and allow them to continue doing it so like credit your fucking artists Don't be trash, people that don't credit their artists and then, like, get bitchy on social media because people called them out for not crediting their artists.
1: Boy, somebody had a bad week on Twitter, didn't she?
2: I mean, you know, and then a couple of people can't stay not having bad weeks on Twitter because they're thin-skinned and duplicitous
1: fake Christians. And then hairlined. Ooh. So let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's end the show with some goodness. This is a big topic for you and a potentially big topic for the wrestling world. But my brother, Kyle, is one of the biggest hockey fans that I know. And hockey had one of the best weeks they could ever have, maybe in the history of their entire, entire existence.
2: First, we finally got an NHL ESPN deal after several years of not being on the family of networks.
1: Shout out and, to Barry Melrose.
2: And, oh no, fuck Barry Melrose.
1: He's toxic. Oh my bad. Oh, I didn't know. Um, that. Okay, he's he's cool on on TV. My bad.
2: No, no, it's fine. I know he's he's a name that you know. There are so many better people. Um, I tried. I
1: tried. Not the point. <laughs> Shout out to
2: John Butchergrass. He's awesome. Okay. Uh, but anyway, no, like, and for all the people saying, "Oh, but ESPN's hockey coverage has been so shit for the last couple of years," yeah hockey was not something that they were paying to broadcast why would they intentionally advertise something that they don't broadcast um so that was the first thing but then for their secondary tv deal instead of re-upping with nbc universal which is discontinuing nbc sports altogether um and is kind of transitioning out of that market they signed a deal with Turner, y'all. A big, fat one. Tell them how much. They're making like an extra, I think it was like $250 million
1: out of uh, this. The, num- the last number I saw was $250 million a year. Yeah. $225 for, million dollars a year, yeah.
2: And for the NHL, for a niche sport like the NHL, that is huge. For revenue sharing, for small teams like, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. I live in the Carolinas. That's a small market team that operates on razor thin profit margins. So two massive TV deals being signed in the same year is going to be so huge for the sport. Um, And Turner has announced that they're going to keep that same energy that they use for their NBA on TNT broadcast, for their NHL on TNT broadcast. So I'm really looking forward to some fun within the hockey coverage. Um, Turner will get the rights to the next seven Winter Classics. As
1: you don't know, that's their biggest game of the year.
2: That's the outdoor game that they have around New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get the rights to three of the next seven Stanley Cup Finals.
1: And that's big in his own right. Yeah. And they also talked about possibly going to HBO Max. That's big. Oh but no, that was to...
2: within that's like within the deal. HBO right. Max has simulcast rights.
1: Right. And that's huge. What's bigger to me is access to the second biggest um online sports medium, and that's Bleacher Report. Yeah. Because right are after ESPN is VR well. Live and Bleach exactly. So that's like that's part of the reason why AEW got so big is because they got Bleacher Report to report every single thing they want. So having that access is huge. They killed it in these negotiations. Whoever was the negotiator well, needs to get a raise.
2: The reason the HBO Max thing is huge is because they are now the only sport other than boxing that is live-streamed or that will be live-streamed on HBO Max.
1: Yep. Yep, that's it. So, and 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 for the record, HBO Max is one of is has become one of the biggest um, streaming mediums in the business. Of course, nobody nobody touching Netflix right now. Amazon Prime can't be touched only because if you have Amazon, you have Amazon Prime. Yep. And then Disney Plus is the House of Mouse; they run the world. So, like, HBO Max is forcing that, and they only been around for less than a year. They're doing all right. Well, and so. They're doing great and it remains to be seen what
2: night they're going to be on. It remains to be seen what night they're going to be on.
1: Dun, but dun, dun, it's, but
2: all indications are that's not going to affect dynamite. Dynamite is pull. I mean, we don't know, but all indications as of right now, are, as of right now, are that this is not going to impact dynamite. Dynamite is pulling really great numbers. They had two weeks in a row where they had over a million viewers they had eight hundred and ninety thousand viewers this past week.
1: Sir, let me hit you with one of those It don't sound good, but it's facts statements one more time. They're doing good numbers. Everybody knows wrestling don't do good advertising. NHL gonna get a huge advertising check. That yeah. may be more important.
2: Oh, the NHL's gonna get great money. Like I'm I'm happy for I'm I'm a happy camper.
1: I think it's a legit question that they might move. Now the question is, what do you do with TBS if you're Turner? Because they've kind of made TBS their comedy network. I was gonna they say, have a lot of yes, their sitcoms a and separate stuff. Separate
2: identity. However, it's not unprecedented for them to do sports stuff on
1: TBS because mm-hmm. that's
2: what they do. Their baseball the coverage
1: and the tournament and the, and, yeah. the and, and the and the NCAA tournament. So, but the question is, do they do they want to put? But I feel like that'd be a downgrade for NHL, for all the money that, that you gave them. It's, not, the question,
2: a down, it's not necessarily... TBS,
1: it's not the it's same not, gravitas.
2: But it's not a downgrade in terms... Uh, it's not the same gravitas. I think the NHL will be on TNT ultimately. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at this point if they if Turner starts putting some games from some of these sports on TBS more frequently... As like Maybe. secondary games, um, but it's not necessarily a huge downgrade for the NHL. Just in terms
1: of TBS is in more homes than NBC Sports was. Well, shit, me and you are more homes than NBC Sports. If we're being honest, one more one more note about TBS and and they show baseball. They only show the 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 um fuck the right. Braves because they own them. Like their actual that right, their actual sports coverage of of baseball. Is on TNT. When the playoffs come up in September and October, it's going to be on TNT, not TBS. Talk
2: about TNT at this point is basically a sports network that occasionally shows dramas.
1: Ted Turner's a genius. you had T- to like T- the dude. TNT but he's a is a genius. fucking
2: sports network that shows yes. Law and Order reruns during the day in between he's, episodes of Charmed.
1: He's a genius, yes. Law and Order, Charmed. You go, we're going to show you at least two rock movies a week. And then, you, and then we're going to give you sports. Sport. So that bre- – and but by the way, remember, after um, – is the Bleacher Report. After um, Dynamite on Wednesdays, they got the one championship company that comes oh. on after yeah. Dynamite. So but let's, let's, legit, let's, let's let's legitimately break it down. You've explained to me, and most hockey fans will know that Wednesday is normally hockey night. Like, Thursday's basketball night for t- and and TNT.
2: Rivalry was, but Wednesday Night Rivalry was a thing that NBC started.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure that that's become a thing in the eyes of advertisers, and the eyes of NHL you know, scheduling. No so,
2: no, so here's here's what they do if they're smart. If they're smart, they just co-opt Hockey Night in Canada. And when
1: What day is that, Saturday? I'm looking it up. Because it can't be Tuesday and it can't be Thursday because that's, that belongs to the NBA. So you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or the weekend. And I don't know if you want to put stuff on the weekend. It is Saturday. Okay, maybe Saturday will work. I don't know. But i tell you this. I'll I tell you this. If NBA on TNT ever leaves TNT and gets bought up by whoever, they're not going to change the day because the NBA knows two, Thursday night if Raw gets sold, if, if WWE gets sold to Disney tomorrow, they're not changing Monday Night Raw. They changed SmackDown because nobody cared about it. But everybody knows on, on, on wrestling, you watch wrestling on Monday. It started off that now in America, Wednesday is hockey night. So I'm not I'm not hoping for this. I'm just thinking there's a chance, there's a genuine chance that AEW is gonna have to move. And and again, you talk about the numbers. They're doing really good numbers these past few weeks, and they've exceeded what their expectation was, right? But look at the contracts. Look what AEW signed for. They signed for like thirty five million a year.
2: Oh yeah, no, I mean this is not this is not a case of scale.
1: NHL is way more important to TNT and Turner than right now than AEW is. So maybe. Friday night dynamite, Monday night dynamite, Wednesday night dynamite on TBS. Who knows? I don't know, man. Saturday night dynamite. Are we gonna have Saturday night uh, Saturday night, uh, w, WCW Saturday night come back in the vein of AEW? I it's a it's a legit conversation, one that Tony Khan is aware of because he's had to speak about it. So, all all things said. Big ups to AHL, big ups to hockey, and I can't wait to get my Kraken jersey.
2: I mean, yeah, Seattle Kraken coming next season.
1: I have claimed them as my team, seeing as Baltimore doesn't have a team, we don't have a team in Phoenix anymore, and I, Houston doesn't have a team, and I wouldn't fuck with them anyway.
2: Well, the Houston team was historically AAA, so. You yeah, got the arrows,
1: yeah, yeah. We arrows. were great, and we they were great. We they won like great. every other year. And they had a cool-ass
2: um, fucking logo.
1: The, cool, the logo was cool. What the fuck is a Canuck?
2: Explain that It's to me. Uh, it's slang for Canadian.
1: Okay, I, I, I didn't know that. But, okay, so they're the Vancouver Texans.
2: Basically. <laughs> well, they had, to be, they had to be the Canucks because the Canadians already... The Canadians already existed, even though that's not their actual name. That's just yeah, what English yeah. speakers call them. Their actual yeah. name is Le Club du Ice Hockey de
1: Montreal. So just they're like, the
2: ice, they're, they're literally just the Montreal Ice Hockey Club.
1: So in they're practice. like, right. So they're, what, is the, what is the club that is um, the MLS club that they call them the Bulls, but they're, is it Chicago FC is the Bulls or is it Toronto FC, but oh, they call them the Bulls because the logo has a bull in it?
2: I think it's Toronto.
1: Like, football clubs have that a lot, but they don't have a logo. They don't have a mascot, but the mascot, but the logo yeah, Montreal, has to get it. And so call them that.
2: Yeah, Montreal became known as the Canadians colloquially, and, like, the name stuck. But, yeah, their actual, like, legal name was just in French, the Ice Hockey Club of Montreal. Well.
1: So Vancouver is the Canucks. Oh, one more thing I want to ask you. Um, I know, I've heard it before, but I don't remember what does the A stand for? Is it, is it for captain in, in, in French? It's uh, No, the A on jerseys? Yeah, because I know that um, means the captain.
2: Assist, no, C is the captain. A is the assistant captains.
1: Ah, ha, thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah, the C is for the captain. A is for assistant or alternate captain, depending on which terminology you prefer. But most teams have one C and two A's. Some teams don't have a captain, and they just have three alternates.
1: Shout-out to Scott Niedermeyer. So, when I used yeah. to fuck with the Devils.
2: But yes, that's what the A is on the jersey.
1: See, I'm not, look, i look I, I, I shit on hockey for fun. I don't dislike hockey. I actually like hey, hockey. And
2: hockey is, hockey is one of the first American sports to get on this particular revenue stream, and I, they will not be the last. They sell the naming rights to the divisions now.
1: Oh, they're going to get—they're going to be loaded.
2: Yeah, the the Discover, I think it's the Discover North division, the Honda West division. Hey, get that sponsor money where you can, because that was the compromise to avoid putting big-ass sponsor logos on jerseys.
1: Look, man, I know they need it, but it's so hard to watch WNBA's logos to see hey, hey, the, love- Minis- the Minnesota Mayo Clinic. No, no,
2: that's why no, that's why I love have you seen the new jerseys that they're coming out with? The new jerseys that they come out with have the actual logos like a regular fucking basketball jersey, and then the sponsorship is just in a band in in a much smaller and more acceptable size. I don't I think it's bigger than the patch. I think it's more like a bumper size, but it's much, much smaller. And, like, the actual prominent thing on the jersey is finally the branding for the team, which is what it always should be.
1: That's doable. I can accept that. But it's so hard to watch the Minnesota oh, yeah. Mayo Clinic yeah. versus the uh, the Los Angeles um, Raccoons Ab- or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. And that's why they, that was one of the things that the players have also said. And that's one thing I give the WNBA a lot of credit for. They actually oh, listen to
1: they yeah, fuck yes, and they fight hard for what they want. They yep. are the most progressive league in all, all of professional sports. Back the yeah. question.
2: Well, and you know, and this this helps them. And it's fucked up that this is how it's got to be, but this helps them because they are owned by the NBA, and because because of the fact that they're owned by the NBA, the NBA designs the schedule in such a way that they don't directly compete with each other. That's a big part. That's a big part. The NBA is so much more willing to support the WNBA than you normally see with the women's sports in the U.S.
1: That's that's real. And also, all due respect to all the other sports, the WNBA is, is primarily a bunch of black women. We know that black women move mountains. Well, and, so.
2: Well, black women move mountains, and the black community supports... Black shit.
1: Well, that's facts. I'll tell you this. like the black, get is my... not a mo-
2: black people are not a monolith by any means, but like the community supports the community.
1: I, I can't wait to get my new Nike owned or Nike designed Diana Taurasi jersey. So, or my Skylar Diggins jersey or my Brittany Griner jersey. So, uh... Shout out to that. I got a lot of jerseys coming. The new Kraken jersey. I got my new Mercury jersey coming. You know, I may fuck with the Hurricanes jersey. Uh Hurricanes jacket.
2: Oh, no. I would never do that to you. I told you, I'm going to someday, I will send you that Phoenix uh, Coyotes alternate jersey that's in the sun's colors.
1: That, I'm with that, with even, though, the the we with even though we don't co-china co-china.
2: exist anymore. the Even though <laughs> we don't exist anymore. What do you mean the Suns don't exist anymore? The
1: coy- the Coyotes, because the Coyotes got—they're the—they're the Jets now, aren't they?
2: No, the Coyotes still exist.
1: The Coyotes
2: used to be the original Jets.
1: Okay, I knew some kind of money. I thought they got kicked out. Yeah. Oh, they got no, no,
2: no, no. The the Coyotes still exist. They just perpetually have ownership and arena deal issues. Because why the fuck is there a hockey team in Phoenix, Arizona? But like you know,
1: well, that's facts. But I mean you can say that you can say that about all of California. And they there's like five teams there.
2: There's only three teams in California.
1: Five, three, I'm close. I don't watch this shit. I'm look, give me a break.
2: Well okay? no, I'm saying they got a team in Arizona when like the Mormons are right fucking there. Like Utah makes much more sense.
1: Y- yeah, maybe from from a, a, a climate place, but Phoenix is the sixth biggest city in the country and a large. Oh, market.
2: You're right. It is. You're right. It is but it's not a hockey market climate matters when you're talking about a winter sport because like winter weather places tend to be places where people will go to watch and support a winter weather sport
1: that may be the case but the kings do good so you know
2: also the sharks do okay the problem also the, uh, the other problem that phoenix has or arizona i guess they're just the arizona coyotes is their arena, like, they don't play in the arena that the Suns play in. They play in, like, an arena, like, outside of the main city.
1: Well, that's the reason why they call them Arizona, because, like, the Arizona Cardinals play in Glendale. Yeah,
2: I think that's where the the Coyotes arena is.
1: Now, if you know anything about Arizona or know anything about Phoenix, Phoenix, Glendale, and Scottsdale are, like, all right next to each other. It's kind of like when the Pistons used to play at Auburn Hills. Still Mm -hmm. fucking Detroit. Still fucking Detroit. We so yeah. Welcome to the to the Outsiders Edge Sports Pod. Apparently, because <laughs> so we just went way left. By the way, just for those listening, Cal's um, favorite quarterback, Mac Jones, just got drafted to the Patriots.
2: I mean,
1: um, you didn't go third overall. Boy, that uh, that was a month and a half or nothing. Um. Let's get out of here, man. Anything else you want to hit? Because we talked about a oh, lot of shit. Oh, we
2: talked about a lot of shit tonight. Um, the only other thing I want to hit is the same thing I always say. Y'all support the things you like. Support the things you think are cool and need to be supported. Oh, and buy a shirt housing <laughs> from Dan Housen because I stand housing.
1: Oh, well, shit. If you buy buying shit, go to prowessingteams.com slash the chair shot. And, uh, yeah, we got nice stuff, too. How about that shirt that says hashtag journalism? That's a good one to buy. buy
2: That's a good
1: one. That's a good one. How about Jesus did the job and his dad was a promoter? Me and my boy Black came up with that one. That's a good one. You know, we got the original Corona shirt, not the virus, the beer. Come out ladders. We here. You know, save tie team wrestling. We got a lot of nice stuff for you to go buy, and you can get them in soft style. Mm -hmm. It's all on your body. It
2: is. Uh, but no, y'all, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, at Dr. S'mores. You can yep. find our missing brother, Carl, on Twitter, at Outsider Curvin, Kerbin. K e r b i n. You can find Brother Rants on Twitter, at?
1: It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as and Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And let me mention a special project uh, Carl and I worked on, uh, the Total Package Series.
2: Sponsored by The Outsider's
1: Edge. Sponsored by The Outsider's Edge every uh just five episodes so you got five wednesdays to check us out some fun shit on there you'd be mad at us you, you i you. we're used to that so check it out
2: i mean i won't be mad at them because like i'm just you will probably
1: agree with everything but you probably would agree with everything we said
2: um <laughs> but I, I mean you know i just don't flinch at your opinions anymore um but nonetheless, y'all, you can find the show on Twitter at CS. As always, we are part of the ChairShot Media group at ChairShot Media, where you...
1: Always use your head. Preferably don't get CTE. That's bad. That would be real, real bad. Um,
2: and as always, y'all, remember, we here at the Outsiders Edge are just some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to say some things that might get you a little bit riled up. Like, Drake Wirtz is fucking crazy and needs to be taken somewhere. Um whew. Whew, shit. And other times, we're going to say some things that you might not necessarily agree with, but could still be facts. Like, this NHL deal could potentially impact AEW's time slot.
1: Hey, Tuesday's open, y'all.
2: But remember, no matter what, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because, well, if you don't, we just
1: don't give up. Fuck! Google, how do you say fuck them in French? I'm not going to... I'm joking. I'm not... But fuck them. Yeah, I mean, it, for it, it, it fit right with the yeah uh, you know yeah we'll see how next week.